If you are a mental health professional who wants to have a bigger impact on the world, help more people, and grow your business all at the same time, then you're in the right place. With every episode, we're here to help you discover new ideas, gain new insights, and get the step-by-step strategies that you need to grow your private practice with confidence. I'm Sarah Gershon, and along with my co-host, Howard Baumgarten, we welcome you to PsychBiz. We're so glad you're here. In the last episode, we covered all about marketing. Today, the topic is networking. We're going to talk about the differences between the two, how they integrate with each other, and really specifically dive into how to create smart networks that are effective in terms of sharing referrals and working with your clients. How are you, Sarah? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited. This is a good topic because especially coming out of uh, a pandemic where it's been really hard to create those relationships uh, and sustain the ones that we already had, we have to stay connected to folks that provide referrals, that we can provide referrals to, and that really just help make the business grow and uh, serve our community as a collective. That's really what networking is about, I think. 100%. And it doesn't just benefit you, it benefits the community at large. When you network, when people, when you know about the resources that are out there, if you need to refer your clients to people, and then other people know about you and know when someone is a match for what you provide, you're you're really helping everybody. And um, it's a really vital piece of of getting your practice out there. So I talked about marketing in last session, uh, the last episode and uh, spoke about it as an emotional process. And then you added the, the important words of hope and trust. And I loved that because you're really directly trying to go out into the community with your marketing and, and earn those from clients. I think networking is similar, only you're doing it with other professionals and really trying to create and build trust with other professionals about your business. And it's a very social and active and process-oriented experience, in my opinion. What really distinguishes networking from marketing is it's, it's still emotional, but you're really just trying to build trust and we, you do it with social engagement. It's very action-oriented. Uh, and you're creating a process of connecting to others that are other professionals in the field that are really important in terms of sharing information about your clinical practice and the work that you do. And so it's a little uncomfortable, I think, for some clinicians because they're very much used to sitting in their therapist chair and creating those connections with their clients. And I've talked with so many clinicians that say, gosh, how come I can sit with my client and work with them so easily, but I'm fearful about showing up at a networking event and having to you know, talk about my practice. I don't like to talk about myself. I don't like to do the elevator speech with other people. And a lot of that I think has to do with when the, when the light shines on the clinician themselves, they, you know, they, they spend all their time with their clients making it about their clients. And so it's hard to talk about yourself. So I would say, number one, practice with like your spouse or a family member or a friend. Um, you know, talking about what you do, that could be a really great way to kind of start the process of feeling of building your confidence to go out to a networking event, such as a, 
uh, a wine tasting or, or, or creating one for yourself. A lot of clinicians do like an open house when they start their own offices and, you know, they have wine and cheese or, or non-alcoholic beverages and cheese or whatever. Um, and so I want you to step outside or step, step outside of the inner part of your comfort zone and into the parts of your comfort zone that you might not have explored as a clinician, which is to build these professional relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And as an introvert, I really feel and resonate with the feeling of discomfort that a lot of people have with this. Um, as a small business owner, I've gone to networking events and, um, you know, I've generally found them to be enjoyable once I'm there. The process of deciding to go <laughs> and then actually going is very difficult because it's intimidating, it's stressful, um, and, you know, it is the kind of thing that it's easy to talk yourself out of, you know, the day of or whatever. So you really do have to make that push. But there's a lot of benefits to it. There's a lot of reasons that make it worth doing. And I also think it's the kind of thing that gets easier, you know, once you've done it uh, several times, especially once you get to know a few people who you might see again and again, like it really does. Once you start building those connections, once you start getting that momentum going, it gets easier as you do it. I love it. And, you know, one way to overcome some of that networking social anxiety that you might have is when you show up at a networking event, you don't necessarily have to be compelled to talk about yourself right away. Take an interest in the other clinicians uh, or other people's practices and learn about them and think about other folks that you can refer to. So a lot of what I've taught in my curriculum has been if you can learn about others and refer to them, collaborate, the referrals will come back to you tenfold. And that's really about building trust. Then you don't have to talk so much about yourself. You can talk a little bit about yourself after you really do a deep dive into, into your, uh, the person that you're speaking to at an event across the room. Similar kind of a deep dive that you would do assessing a client, right? Tell me about your practice. What do you you know what what is the what are the populations you serve and how did you get into it and that's really a great way to start that networking process that's not so incredibly vulnerable for you because you are uncomfortable with talking about yourself. Absolutely, and you can talk about your own practice in terms of talking about why you need someone to refer refer to. You know, you can explain. I serve this population. The people that I serve are like this. I help them with this, and then often there's this other piece that they need. And so I'm always looking for people who do this because it's a match for something that my clients need, and I I need to kind of make sure I can offer them everything and give them the right point them in the right directions when they're looking for something else. And so talking about in the context of what you do, who else you need to connect with and learning from people what they do and how they might be able to help your own clients is a really powerful way to get those conversations started. And people are always so grateful when they see that you want to understand what they do, when you want to potentially send business their way, they're going to very naturally want to reciprocate um, and it's going to help them remember you. It, it's just a really good way to approach it. Okay. I want to talk about two types of networking. Actually, my apologies. I want to talk about three types of networking. <laughs> okay. Uh, first, what we've been talking about are what I call primary networking examples. Primary networking is going out to other professionals and getting information about their practices 
what their needs are in the community as far as their therapists. And um, we're talking about other therapists who might specialize in something other than what you specialize in who ha might have a need. So for example, I do a networking lunch with a colleague of mine about twice a year. Why? Because she does couples therapy and she sends me the, the mails um, for individual. And I also do couples therapy. We do a lot of the same things, but I'll send her the females. Um, of uh, that is fascinating. That yeah. makes so much sense. Yeah, and we and she and I talk a lot about how our practices are going, and we've just developed this relationship over years and years and years. And you know, that's the other thing is, you really don't need. It's not about quantity; it's about quality. You really need a small group of other professionals who you rely on, and that you build these relationships over years. I have uh, a. a literally a handful of clinicians that I know and trust and that know and trust me and we share referrals. Sometimes one will leave my circle and another one will come in just by happenstance, but very often it's really the same people that I make an effort, they make an effort and we seem to just gravitate toward each other. If you don't have those people identified, that's when you want to be going to more networking events, right? That's when you want to go to people's, you know, um, uh, book openings who've written a clinical book or, or you know, open houses or even online networking events. Uh, there's a lot of those coming up now. So that's primary networking, okay? The primary relationships with other professionals. Another example, by the way, would be going to doctor's offices who need to make referrals. So again, any professionals in the community that might make a referral to you. Okay, secondary networking is a way of getting referrals through signing up on managed care panels as an in-network provider. You're creating a networking relationship with a managed care company, even though you're not taking them to lunch every week. You're not doing that. What you're doing is you're agreeing to a reduced fee, but you're really creating two things. You're creating an integration of marketing because they put your name on your their list and ref actual referrals. They call you a lot of times or send you an email. I have a referral that might fit your practice. Would you like this? So by agreeing to a reduced fee, your that's kind of your your marketing fees, right? And you're creating a network by being in network. That's the literal word for the contract that you have with managed care companies. Uh, and that in network status allows you to garner referrals from them. You're not interested in referring anybody to them because they are the service that refers to you. Uh, the only reason you would do that is if you had other needs that you weren't able to treat uh, your client for, you might redirect your client back to the managed care company for a referral to a specialist outside of your area. But for the most part, this is a relationship that you're developing for referrals and it's a great way to diversify. You get to pick which managed care companies you contract with. Uh, I call this a hybrid practice in my book um, and in, in all my trainings. Uh, this would be getting some clinic uh, clients that are fee-for-service with outside of managed care and some clients inside of managed care. And especially if you're gonna work with doctors, most physicians obviously work with managed care companies. That's how healthcare is paid. And so they're gonna wanna know what managed care panels you're on. And um, they're also gonna probably wanna know if you serve Medicare and Medicaid. 
uh, if they serve those populations. And that would be another way to get referrals, being on these types of um, uh, third-party panels, okay? Again, I talk a lot about that in the book. Uh, I'm curious, Sarah, you work with a lot of clinicians in setting up their websites. What would you say the percentage of that you know the, yeah. of clinicians that do it all out of pocket versus working with managed care versus hybrid? So it's really interesting. I think a lot of my clients are hybrid, but I think a lot of my clients are hybrid on their way to being private pay only. Um, a lot of people contact me um, specifically when they're starting to think about making the transition out of accepting insurances because they really need to build up an independent way of bringing clients in because they know they're going to start to kind of fade that out. Um, there are other people who are, you know, hybrid and they want to be hybrid long term. Um, I don't have that many clients who are only uh, only insurance or who say that, you know, most of their clients are from insurance. I think, you know, um, yeah, it, it just depends. I, I, I do think that it's, uh, um, it's, there are quite a few clinicians that are out there that work wholeheartedly with insurance. Oftentimes they're in-house with doctor's offices or they work for a larger physician, or I'm sorry, a larger therapy group um, that works exclusively with managed care. Um, and, and, you know, maybe they have an option for private pay if they want, but they're, they're 95% or so managed yeah. care. One thing that um, I've seen trends about, and we can have a whole episode on working with managed care and maybe should, um, yeah. and that is that uh, there is a trend toward higher reimbursement rates, mm-hmm. less paperwork. Uh, and we can talk about that perhaps in another episode. But, um, you know, I, I want to make this a point, and that is that if you, whatever, whatever fits for you, the world needs both, right? The world yes. needs clinicians that work with managed care, clinicians that work with both managed care and non-managed care folks and people that work private pay only. So um, th- there, there's no judgment about what you do, but know that the community in your community need both. And I have my own personal views about what I like. I'm going to try to keep those out for now. <laughs> But, I have opinions too, so yeah. we'll have we'll we'll make an episode about it once. Yeah, I think we should, and I yeah. think we should share yeah. it then. But um, okay, and then the 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 third networking or the tertiary networking um, sort of uh, um, way to network. Okay, the third level, uh, level three networking, goes like this: anything that you do out in the community that you present, you know, be a presenter and a trainer in the community revolving around your clinical specialties. Okay, so let's say you're a parent coach and you do parent coaching in your clinical practice. Contact the schools nearby and offer to provide workshops at the schools as a way to connect to the schools because you're doing two things. You're connecting to the professionals on the primary level by doing workshops, but you're also getting the students and their parents to, uh, to attend right? In this case, it'd be the parents because the topic is parent coaching, but it could be bullying, right? Let's say you specialize in bullying. Then it would be like the students and the parents. And so, um, you know, at one point I was, I served on a panel for a couple of area high schools and where we were talking about um, cyberbullying and other, other types of um, adolescent issues. And it got me referrals and it was great. Um, I've gone out into the community and talked uh, to businesses about compassion fatigue, awareness, and burnout, like you and I talked about at the end of season one. And um, 
gotten lots of medical professionals coming into my practice because of that. So yeah. that this this really becomes another way to garner referrals. The last thing I'll say, do you want to make a comment about that last oh, thing? I, I, I just wanted to say as a parent, so I actually saw an example of this recently because my one of my child's high schools had a, a session for parents where they talked about social media, navigating social media, handling the impacts of social media for kids, setting parameters and boundaries. And they had a local therapist come in and talk about the impact of social media on mental health for teens and talk about parent, talk about how to handle, you know, setting boundaries and, and, and the friction that can happen with that. So it was very useful. And, you know, that therapist got to stand up in front of a room of, you know, however many parents of teens as an expert in how to take care of your teen. And I, I'm sure, you know, that's exactly the kind of thing we're talking about here. It's a very effective approach. Awesome. I love it. All three of these things are important in my opinion, um, in the sense that it diversifies your strategy for getting referrals and for participating in different ways in your community. It's led to a great deal of satisfaction in my work. And I, I suspect um, you, the listener, might have a similar experience by employing a little bit of each of these. Even if you're on one managed care panel, let's say you just work with Medicare um, and, and that's it, you know, uh, in addition to fee-for-service. I think having the experience of doing that is so valuable, and we'll get into those opinions in, in that managed care episode, but, but really the integration and diversification of these three networking methods can be really helpful to your practice, not just in getting referrals and sharing, but in feeling a part of the community that you're in. 100%. And I think ultimately it's an opportunity for you to get referrals, but also there's a lot of other benefits that you get and that the people who you're interacting with get from you being out there and being active in these ways. Fabulous. All right, Sarah, we're going to wrap up. And to you, the listener, we thank you for listening. We're so grateful to you because without you, we wouldn't exist. Please give us feedback and share uh, any opinions that you have about today's episode. And by the way, we still have books to give away from last year. So if you haven't listened to last year's episodes and we had some great guests on last year's episodes uh, throughout the year, and I know uh, we gave away a few, but we're still uh, d dying to give free books to people. Uh, and so if you'll go back and listen to Donald Altman's episode and Chris Stout's episode and Lynn Grotsky's episode. We'd love to share some of their information with you. Uh, those episodes will be in the show notes, I'm sure. We'll put them in there because absolutely, really those folks that did the speaking, that, that having them as guests is a way to network uh, as well. And so, you know, that will help you with um, connecting with others. We hope you found today's episode thought-provoking and helpful. We'd love to know what you think, so leave us a comment and don't forget to subscribe. You can find the show notes and additional resources at psychbiz.com. Thank you for listening.